Welcome to Faith at Eight. I'm Shanna. I'm Jill. We are two friends helping turn your eyes from the world to the Word through candid conversations fueled by Jesus and more Jesus. Welcome to Faith at Eight. Today, we're talking about Shanna's journey. My journey. Me. Hi. Uh, Shanna like Banana here, just in case we haven't met yet. And I get very squirrely. So I even wrote bullet statements to help me like stay on task. So let's see how successful we are with that. Mm-hmm. But um, here at Faith at Eight, we talk a lot about who about our journey, but never like in a concrete of beginning to end, kind of like yeah. in little bits and pieces. So just wanted to kind of tell you a little bit about how I got to Faith at Eight. How did I get there? So I did not grow up in a Christian household. I grew up in a very secular home. Uh, my parents, I tease that they are funeral um, wedding Catholics. Like there were no high holidays. It was just funerals and weddings. And um, however, I was really blessed that I had a mum for anyone not from the Northeast, that's a grandmother, um, that would take me to church one Sunday a month. And she always made sure I was in vacation Bible school. There was a small Baptist church and we... Um, like Northern Baptist, not Southern Baptist church, very little quaint church. And we went pretty much my entire childhood. I remember going up until I was 12 or 13. um, And that was just kind of it. And I didn't really, looking back now, I didn't think then, but looking back at it now, I do see that I was always seeking a relationship with God. I always considered myself Christian. If someone would have asked me at any point in my life, I would have said, yes, I'm Christian. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't really know. um, I never professed it. I never got baptized. It just kind of was like, oh, yes, that's what we do. One Sunday a month, I go with my mom and she takes me to church. And that's that. And um, that's kind of just how it was. And then when I went to college. (laughs) Oh, college. Oh, college. (laughs) I um, got into a relationship in college with someone that was a different faith. And when it came to that relationship now being to a point of, you know, how is this maturing and moving forward, the conversations started about me converting. And it's really interesting at my entire, I was very good at practicing his faith. I I practiced all the high holidays and things like that. And he practiced my high holidays of Christmas and Easter. And, but there was no conversation about, oh, one day moving that way. So I never really took a lot of thought around it or, or thought about what does this look like in the future? And when the conversation started, I just knew in my heart and I was like, well, I can't. They're like, well, why can't you? I'm like, because Jesus Christ is my savior. Like I believe Jesus died for my sins. And I, I know for a fact, that's the first time I ever vocalized that. I think honestly, it was the first time I ever like intentionally thought it out and like was like, oh wait, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't be Jewish. Because I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And it was really interesting. And obviously, that was a turning point in that relationship. And it did not proceed past that. But I remember um, always having this passion about whatever I was doing. And knowing that um, I wanted that. And I wanted that relationship with God. And I I wanted to be more than just a, oh, yeah, I'm Christian. But I didn't know what it looked like. And I didn't know how to get there or anything along those lines. I just knew, yes, I believe and and things like that. So it was almost like you had a reflex, like that reflex action of, hey, you know what? When are you going to convert and just, oh, wait, no. Yeah. Like the doctor hit my knee and then I kicked him kind of thing. Absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, and so I was in Florida at that point. I met my husband um, very shortly after that. I met him shortly after that. And 
in our dating relationship and getting engaged and getting married, we did always both have it on our hearts to raise our children Christian. And neither of us really knew what that what that looked like. My husband came from a very religious family, um, but he knew that that was not what he was looking for. And, and I was just kind of like, I went to church once a month and I went to VBS. And so let's send our kids to vacation Bible school and all the answers will be will be done. So we didn't really know what that was, but we knew we wanted it. So we did start church shopping. And um, that's fun. And not church hopping. No, church, church shopping. Shopping. Like knowing, yes. okay, mm-hmm. we want to be a part of a church. We want to raise our children in the church. Yeah. Like, let's find a church. Let's find a home. Um, yet yeah, involved going to a lot of not great churches. We actually walked out of an Easter service. Like, <laughs> I was like, are we going to hell? Because we walked out of Easter service. My husband was like, no. No, we are not. That is not what's sending us to hell. I'm like, okay, good. That's, that's good to know. So um, just knowing what we... We knew what we were looking for. We just didn't know what it looked like or what it felt like. We were really blessed. We had friends that literally, I think, for three months were like, why don't you come to our church? We're like, yeah, we're church. We're ch- looking for a church. We should do that. How about this weekend? Oh, no, this week. And it just was like ongoing for months. And then finally we went. And to kind of give you an understanding of the perspective of how much my husband and I didn't know, we go to this non-denominational church and it was a, it's a huge church now, but it was a really large church then. It was like 1800 members then and um, probably between 15 and 1800 members then. The Baptist church I went to, I think there were 60 people. Like it, it was, it was, I was like, that, there's a lot of people in here. My husband um, grew up where you dressed a certain way and such as that when you went to church. So he was like obsessed with the fact that the pastor had jeans on. I think literally that's all he said in the way home in the car was, why do they have jeans on? Like we both really were definitely out of our element. Um, I didn't understand why people were raising their hand. I thought maybe they had questions and it felt like it was an inopportune moment to ask while they were blasting music. So definitely we were two people that were out of our element, but we did feel something there and feel drawn and felt the community there. So we Mm -hmm. continued to go on um, with that church. We became members of that church. And I knew, again, I always was searching for this relationship. So I knew I just wanted to do whatever you're supposed to do to do, to, to have that relationship, to call yourself a Christian. So sure, going down their checklist and I got baptized and then my life was perfect. Really? That's no. all you need to do? No, it oh, okay. was so, that's so far from the truth. So my baptism journey was, I, everyone, they kept saying, oh, you know, you get baptized and you're saved. So I was like, oh, maybe I should do that. And so I said, hey, I, I think I want to get baptized. And 15 minutes later, I was in the water. And like, I remember like getting lifted out of the water and being like, okay. And like everyone else is hugging who baptized them. And I'm like, do I get out now? Like what happens next? Like I, it was, it was weird. Looking back at it on hindsight, I was like, that was not the right thing to do. But um, so I did that and um, that didn't fix me. So then I continued going down their checklist. So I joined a small group and that didn't make me feel any better. And then I started serving. And then I told my husband he had to get saved because I wasn't feeling better because he wasn't saved. So I made him get baptized. Guys, if you are a woman out there, a wife out there, and you really want your husband to get saved, don't force them to get baptized. That is not the way to go. answer. no. Um, at all. And it was interesting because I was doing these things and I still felt broken. 
which then made me feel like there's something wrong with me. Like there has to be something wrong with me because I'm doing all the checklist things. Mm -hmm. I'm tithing. I'm going to church every single Sunday. Like we never missed church. I'm going and I'm serving in a high capacity. And I mean, like I was serving every single Sunday. My husband's serving every single Sunday. Our kids are in kids ministry. We're doing these things and I am so broken. And there were times here I am, Christian, going every Sunday, telling other people that Jesus can save them. And at the same time, feeling like, wow, but cannot you believe I'm so broken? He can't save me. He can't fix me. Like, why is it I'm still not fixed? Um, And despite feeling that way, I kept going thinking, well, if I just do more, one more maybe, time. One maybe more if thing. I just serve another weekend and another weekend and maybe I'm not serving enough. So I started serving more to the point where I wasn't even going into service anymore. I was just serving. And, um, and it just still felt so broken. And it all kind of came to a moment where I was just going through the motion so t- much. And I knew I loved God and I knew I believed in Jesus and I knew that he was my savior but I didn't understand why he didn't love enough to save me. Why didn't he love enough to free me from the, from the, and I have suffered from anxiety attacks since I was 12. We have an interesting story we should go over one day, not today, about how I had an anxiety attack at an event. Um, and so on the outside looking in, people thought, wow, that's a really amazing Christian woman. And she's, and I was going through the motions, but anxiety that started plaguing me at 12, here I am in my 20s and it's still plaguing me and I'm following God and nothing is changing. Now I'm here, I'm in my 30s and I'm still being plagued with this anxiety. And it's like, why is God not, why doesn't he love me enough to fix me? Why am I too broken for him to fix? And um, it actually led to me having an emotional breakdown. Like I I, want to say it was an anxiety attack, but it was like an emotional breakdown. And I went to church one day and someone just said the wrong thing and I just lost it. I lost it. They went and got my husband. They're like, you need to go see your wife. Like, there's something going on here. And what happened was serving God became my identity. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I am the woman that checks you in when you bring your kids. Like, I know ever I pride it myself. And when you're starting to say things like, oh, I pride myself, that usually means you're on the wrong path. Um, I was priding myself on that no one needed to tell me their names. I knew their names and memorized them, and I could type them in the system and print out their tags. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see the line, and and people remembered me, and I remembered them. And I pr- that became my identity, as I was kids check-in. Not that I did kids check-in. I was kids check-in. Yeah. And um, when we went and spoke to the pastor after that happened and started having a conversation with him, and he said, Shanna, we don't need you to serve. We can find someone else he stole my identity in that moment. I was like, but no, I'm kids check-in. No one can do it like I can do it. Only I can do it. What are you talking about? Like, I am the best kids check-in person ever. And now you're telling me that, oh, God will provide someone else. No, he provided me. And um, it was a really, really dark season. And I just didn't even know what to do. So I did what all humans do. And I decided to avoid it. Because that's definitely... That's where the answers are. Just avoid it. Yeah, super healthy Easy. choice. You know what I mean? Just avoid it. Just avoid it at all costs. You don't have to. And so I went to my husband and said, we need to change churches. And he said, that's because you embarrassed. And I was like, probably. And he was like, we don't need to change churches. You just need to like, kind of like suck it up. Um, he said it much gentler than that. But basically, that's what he told me. He's like, you need to suck it up. And fig- like, this is our church home. This is where we go. We're the Ruiz family. Mm-hmm. We go to this church and you just need to figure it out. Um, again, he said it gentler than that, but that's what he said, basically. And 
in that season, I just started going to God and being like, is that what I need to do? Do I need to humble myself and go and be like, hey, I'm really sorry I handled this situation this way? Um, And what I was actually found that God was revealing to me that why didn't I feel like I could go to someone? Here, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm part of a church for almost seven years, and I didn't feel... Like there was anyone I could go to and say, hey, I am really broken here and I don't know what's, and I went to all the groups. I went to the freedom group and we led a group and I had all these people I was in community with, but I did not feel comfortable going to a single one of them and saying, I'm really broken here and I really need help. Like this, I am not okay um, because I felt like I had to act a certain way and I felt like I had to put on a good face. And in that season, I really felt like God was telling me, no, it's time to move. And so I went to my husband and I said, you know, I respect that you feel that we need to stay at this church, but I really feel like God's telling me we need to move churches. So I think I'm going to, I think we need to go out and just look at a couple. And if we, if we don't like them, we can go back. And he said, well, if you want to go church shopping, you're welcome to. He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm already signed up to serve. I'm staying where I'm at. And so for a season of about two months, my husband and I went to different churches because I was going to a different church and I would do like, okay, let me do three services here and three services there. And um, a couple times I was like, oh, honey, go to this church. And he's like, no, like that was, that is not it. Are you kidding me? We went to this one church <laughs> and everyone raved about it. Like everyone was like, you need to go to this church. I'm like, okay, we're going to go to this church. I'm going to go in. And if if there are heavens and donut, it looks like this church's lobby. Like they were literally tables. I'm a fan of donuts. There were tables of donuts everywhere. Like I've never, my kids love the church. Which my children did not like the last church. My one daughter oftentimes threatened to kick the teacher if I made her go into kids service, which guys really should clue you in when your child's Mm -hmm. threatening violence. It didn't. I'm a little dense. Um, But I was like, oh, the girls love this church. I love this church, honey. You should really go. And we went in and he went once and he didn't say a word. And then he went a second time. He goes, babe, they have donuts. So you'll stay awake during the message. Like, of course, they're bribing the children with donuts. Like, this is not a good fit for us. And when he said it that way, I was like, he's probably right. Like, I don't take any notes. Like, yeah, it's probably, he's probably right. So I went to someone that I really just um, respected as a Christian. I said, where are you going to church? She's like, I just found a new church. Um, we just started going to it. So I don't want to be like, this is our church, but we are really enjoying it. And it's called the Lakeside Church. And so I went to one service and it was a good service. And my husband and I, like the next week, we had an event on Saturday and I got into a very... Uh, the other person would say it's heated. I didn't feel there was a heated debate. I thought it was a really great, candid, con- uh, constructive conversation. Mm-hmm. They disagreed about um, being pro-life and being a pro-life family. And I started discussing the reasons why I was pro-life and and why we've made that choice and what it says in the Bible and, and why I feel we need to value life. And that was on a Saturday and my husband was there. And I think it was probably the first time my husband ever heard me speak about something like that in that manner. Um, my husband usually doesn't go to any speaking engagements I do or anything like that because he's watching our children. Thank you, honey. And the next day I go to Lakeside. He doesn't because he's still going to the other church. And the pastor's up on the stage and talking about how they're a pro-life church. And he is verbatim, word for word, saying what I said to this woman the day prior. Like I have hairs standing all up my arm and I'm like, are you, is did he like listen to me yesterday? He stole my conversation. He's not even giving me credit. Like it was, it was so divine what was happening in front of me. I had never experienced anything like that before. I had no clue that could even happen. And I text my husband in the middle of church. 
I'm not one to like text people in the middle of church. Oh, I, I was like pulling out my phone. I'm like, I don't care if Jesus is okay with it or not. I need to pull out my phone. And I text my husband. I said, you should be here. And he goes, why? I'm like, this pastor is literally saying verbatim what I said in that conversation yesterday. And he was like, are you serious? I'm like, babe, I am so serious. Luckily, they... um. They, like, stream their stuff. So he got to watch it later and see, like, I wasn't just saying that. Like, I was legit meaning that. And um, so I was like, this should be our church. So he went with me the next weekend. And we went in. Um, he was like, okay. He's like, yeah, I guess it, it has a lot of the things that I like about our other church. And we had made a list of what we were looking for in a church when we decided that, I, well, when I decided we were going to look for another church. I did include him in, okay, what, what if I found another church, what would you want to see? And so we made this list. And he's like, it, it checks off the boxes. He's like, I'll, I'll start coming to this church. But I think both of us were still, I don't know about you, but I, I really like learning the hard way. Like, that's my thing. I'm like, you know what? I could learn this the easy way, but the hard way sounds so much better. So I start checking off the boxes because it were it was so successful the first time. So why not do it again? Check, right? Check, check. Start serving. And like, I decide I'm going to start serving. My husband's like, oh my God. Like, here we go again. Right? He, is this going to be different? He literally said, if you serve more than once a week, we're not going here anymore. Like, we're not doing this. I went through the, like, t- the the orientation to become a member of the church by myself because my husband's like, I'm, I'm not doing that. We've already done this, and it didn't work out well. So I start serving. I, like, it was funny. I was just talking about someone to the woman who was the lead of that team today. She goes, oh, I remember, like, in bold letters, it says, is only allowed to serve one day a month. Um, and then my husband started serving a little bit and we start like kind of getting into a rhythm there, but we are in this same rhythm of check the box, check the box, check the box, check the box. And we were not even at the church a year and they had something called the 21 days of prayer. And I was like, okay, let's go to the 21 days of prayer. And in that, the pastor is talking about our responsibility as Christians to lead, to, to have a relationship, that it's not his responsibility for me to have a relationship it's my responsibility to lead that and guide that. And I need to do it by praying to God and by reading the Bible. And in that moment, I realized, I'm like, oh, I've never read the Bible. Am I supposed to do that? Like, am, Do I am have I supposed- a Bible? Like, all of a sudden, you have, you're in that moment, you're like, wait, do I have... And I didn't. Oh, wait, there's more than one version of the Bible? I did know there's more than one version. I just didn't own a copy myself. I used, like, the Bibles at the old church. Like, I was like, yeah. oh, I just used their Bible. And it was such a realization in that moment of... Wow, I've been a Christian for seven and a half years now, and I've never actually owned a Bible. I've never picked it up and opened it and read it for answers or to seek God or or any of that. I, I like, do I pray? Yeah, when I'm like really struggling, I pray, but I don't pray just to go to God and pray and have a relationship with Him. Which is so funny because if someone told me, "Hey, I'm really trying to work on my marriage and my relationship with my husband," oh, but I don't ever talk to him. And I don't ever seek his advice on anything. I just basically live in the same place as him. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, well, what, I'm sorry. What is the goal that you're trying to get at? But that's what I was doing with God. I was, yeah. oh, but I'm checking the boxes. I'm cleaning the house every day. Oh, that doesn't like make the perfect marriage. And at the end of that 21 days of prayer, and my husband and I both went in it in a really tough season. My husband had just gotten laid off. He was the breadwinner of our family. Um, we had to make some decisions about where we were living because on my income, we couldn't live where we couldn't afford where we live. And not only did I have a checkbox for myself, I had one for God. 
And so when I went into this 21 days of prayer, I went in like, okay, God, this is your time to show up. You haven't fixed me yet. You haven't fixed me and you're supposed to fix me and you're supposed to heal me of this anxiety and you're supposed to make it so my husband's employed and you're supposed to do all these things. You're supposed to make sure I have Christian kids. You're not pulling your weight. So let me list it out for the things that you need to do. <laughs> and um, oh, yes, friends, that that's what I did. Genie in a bottle. And I went in there with like a honey-do list for yeah. God. Like, and I went in saying, God, first you need to do this and then you need to do this and then you need to do this. And for 21 mm-hmm. days, I prayed God hears your to-do list. Uh, probably not in those exact words. I am paraphrasing, but I did. And mm-hmm. at the end of it, when I went back and I was looking over the 21 days and I was kind of just reflecting what experienced, God didn't change any of our circumstances in those 21 days. Um, my husband went with me. I thought it was something I had to do by myself. And my husband was like, uh, no, we're doing this together with our two small children, getting up at 5 a.m. every day, taking them to church. Um And I'm like, well, I'm doing the thing. So God's going to change the circumstances. And he didn't. But he changed my heart. And it was the first time. And um, I actually haven't had an anxiety text since the first 21 days of prayer. Um, I uh, It was the first time I realized that it wasn't him that needed to change. It was, it was my heart. And I needed to hand over the burdens to him and seek out a relationship with him, not just check boxes. And I needed to read my Bible. I need to own the Bible so I could read the Bible. And I did I did own a Bible before the 21 days of prayer. But I needed to own a Bible and I needed to read it. And the pastor said in that, that you should try to read through the Bible. Well, he didn't say try. I didn't try. You should read through the Bible in a year as you become a more seasoned Christian. You should be reading through the Bible every year. And I was like, I think I read like a book in the New Testament once. Does that count? And um, starting that, okay, well, what does that look like for me? And how do I do that. And mm-hmm. it's really easy for me to make excuses, say, oh, but I'm a mom and I have a job. And it, and I just felt like God saying, no, no, like this is what you need to do. He's telling you, you're asking how, how can you get, how can you heal me, God? Like you're mm-hmm. supposed to heal me. And he's telling you how I can heal you. Now you need to, they're the right boxes. Go check the right boxes. Go work on our relationship. And so it j- transformed me as a Christian. It really did. And I, I, I hope, and I, I've never had anyone say this, but I hope that people can see the difference of my previous Christianity and the Christianity I've had. Um, we've been going to Lakeside almost three years now, a little short of three, a little short of three years. And um, the difference of the relationship I have, because before I would say I had a very superficial relationship. He was like an acquaintance. Me and God were acquaintances. Um, and I said hi on occasion, um, but I couldn't always remember his name. And I was like, hey, how are you doing? Uh, good. What's their name? Um, and it was a relationship of convenience. When it was convenient Ooh. for me, I went to God. When it was convenient for me, I called out to him, to us having a, a very deep, intimate relationship. And not only have it, has it transformed my heart, it's transformed my family, you know, and, and not that my husband and I, we never have any issues because we're Christians, but... <laughs> Wait, wait, I thought that. Yeah. No? Guess yeah. what? Still oh. not perfect. Still didn't solve all my problems. <laughs> but I have a peace and I have a understanding and I have a confidence that when I do have time, when my husband and I are struggling in our marriage, we both know where to go and it's to mm-hmm. God. When I don't know what route to take with my children, like when I pull them out of private school and start homeschooling them, I know to go to God. And, mm-hmm. and when um, I've had some death over the last few months at this time of this recording, 
I'm in my family. And the way we've even handled that has been very different because I knew that I could go to God. And I knew that there were some that I will definitely see at heaven. And there's some others that I ask God, comfort my heart if I don't. And um, give me hope that I will, because I don't know what was on their heart. And it, it really it really has given me a boldness that I think I always had a boldness. I just tend to run my mouth. Um, but now I do it with a different level of confidence because before it was, look what I know. And now it's, let me tell you what God can do. And I think that that boldness as being somebody on the other side, being able to watch this over the past few years has gifted so many other people with a connection to Jesus, not a connection to you, mm-hmm. but a connection to Jesus. And I'll get the opportunity to talk a little bit more about how her boldness affected me in my journey when you listen to um, my story. But it's amazing to be able to to see your journey because so many people, me included, can say, I see that. I understand that. Going into church and saying, wait a minute, just because you choose to go into a church doesn't mean, oh, that's the perfect fit for me. Mm-hmm. You can change how your view is the stronger that relationship gets and say, you know what? This does feel right. This doesn't feel right. Wait, where is this driving me? What kind of Christian am I being when I am in this church or around these people? And what does it actually mean to be Christian in the Bible? Yes, absolutely. What does it look like when you're living that out? Not when you're talking about it, but when Mm -hmm. you're actually living that out. Thank you, Shanna. Your story is just amazing. And I am just so excited for how so many other people are going to hear your story and say, I need more. Good. And I hope it resonates with someone. I hope hope there's someone out there that's like, that's what I needed to hear. So we all will get there in our own time.